Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WBT, Brett Jensen here with you on this edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. And guys, I say this all the time, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. So I was on with Bo and Beth this morning on Good Morning BT, and, you know, I I told everyone, you know what? What I thought the main questions were going to be, and they said, "Well, what question? If you only had one question, what would it be?" And I said, "I want to ask about C.J. Stroud and you know Bryce Young and the decisions to do all of that." And that's exactly how it happened. But we'll we'll get into that later. What I want to do first, I want to do things differently. Usually, you would play the audio and have someone react, but I want to change it up. I want to bring in, basically, if you will, the godfather of Carolina Panther beat writers, Joe Person, uh, from The Athletic, who's been covering the team for a long time, since about, I don't know, 2011, somewhere around there, 2010, something like that. And I want to talk about the press conference first and then let you guys hear it afterwards so you're anticipating the press conference as opposed to having Joe on afterwards. So first of all, Joe, appreciate you joining me tonight. I know it's been a crazy 48 hours for you. Actually, more than that, 72 hours when you include the game itself up in Tennessee. So first of all, I really do appreciate you joining me tonight. Absolutely, buddy. All right, so Joe, going in, I had my own thoughts about the press conference that I talked about this morning, but enough about I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what were your thoughts or what were your uh, expectancies going into the press conference this morning? Honestly, they weren't real high. I mean, most of those times, there were times early in Dave, David Tepper's tenure, and, and you were there with me, when there, like, like I'm definitely remember this happening when he fired Ron Rivera and I think also when he fired um, when he fired Marty Herney instead of doing like a big song and dance like like they ended up doing today remember we went around like a uh, we were like essentially in their boardroom and we were around their board table obviously you couldn't get as many media in it was probably 20 of us and I thought that setting made for a lot more informational exchange of questions and answers. And I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I remember the Zoom. You remember you? I know you were in on those. So, so, but but since then, I bring that up only to say that once since it's gone back to more uh, traditional setting with David Tepper, I think the handlers get their hands on him. And my expectations were low, and they were met. 
<laughs> talking with Joe Person of The Athletic. And um, like I said, he's been covering the Carolina Panthers as the beat writer, the longest tenured person here in Charlotte, used to be with The Observer and now at The Athletic. So, Joe, you know, a couple things immediately struck me. When he walked in wearing a coat and tie, the first thing I thought of was, this might be the first time I've seen him wear a tie in any press conference in any formal setting, with the exception of maybe the day that Charlotte was granted an MLS team. Like, he does not wear ties. And you're talking about handlers. I wonder if they're going, okay, look, you need to wear a coat and tie. Yeah, it's a good question. He had the right colors on, too. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty evident from my vantage point that they wanted him to convey a tone and an attitude of um, of of humility, and we've seen him get combative in press conferences before, uh, sort of uh, even uh, condescending at times. I didn't see that out of him today. I, I, I listen, like it had its own flaws, like basically the the lack <laughs> the lack of information being first and foremost in the fact that uh, it was only going to be 11 minutes long until, fortunately, you got your question in on the quarterback. But it was definitely striking to me that they wanted him to, like, look, you're getting beat up nationally. You're getting beat up locally. We need to somehow make you a little more sympathetic and 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 just be a little more humble. And I thought he was. And um, the second point I was going to, even to the point where he said, you know, I grew up a poor fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers up, you know, as a poor kid up in Pittsburgh. So, but, so like, whatever, like that part, I guess they, the, the, the Panthers PR folks probably thought was successful and maybe it was, but the rest of it just wasn't super helpful for anybody. I equate to, and I said this morning, I said, you know, David Tepper reminds me a lot of Donald Trump in, in this aspect. He starts off always on script, on point. He's staying the course. And then about halfway through the press conference or through his speech, he just starts going rogue and ad-libbing everything. And he, he and that's when the PR staff with the Panthers get upset. And it's usually about 10 to 15 minutes in these 30-minute press conferences where he starts you know, veering off-center. And that was evident. To, I thought that was exactly why they said, nope, right at – you know, 10.45, 15 minutes into it, we are pulling the plug on this. And if you looked at David Tepper's face, even he was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a quick hook. And um, to his credit, he answered your question about Bryce and C.J. Stroud, and it ended up being the best stuff, probably the stuff the Panthers PR, to your point, didn't want him to address because um, it did get a little off script. But, you know, for our and fans, more importantly, for their vantage point, I think, you know, it, it was a somewhat revealing. Um, we, we'd heard some of that stuff before about taking Stroud, you know, thinking they would be picking second behind Houston with, with a three-team trade. But, um, you know, even it almost sounded like he was kind of slipped really quickly today, and I know you picked up on this, when he said it was almost, well, I believe it was unanimous. He was about to say it was almost unanimous. And, like, whatever, like, 
I don't think any of us believes that every person in that organization wanted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. That's almost like an impossibility. That you mean one? There wasn't one assenting uh, voice in that room, dissenting, I should say. Um, but I just think eventually they came to the consensus. So that's kind of what it, where he's coming. The whole unanimous thing yeah did they eventually get there i guess probably because he they knew he had the veto and they knew who he wanted talk with joe person of the athletic and i highly 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 always say this recommend you guys getting a subscription to the athletic it's crazy cheap i remember a year ago i got one for a dollar a dollar for like six months or a dollar a month it was awesome and because you know i mean i do work in radio so you know i i need those specials so but the athletic always has specials going on joe you asked the question that i was wondering if anyone was going to ask and i think you asked it number two number three whatever it was when you're in the order that you asked it but your question about is it time to look at yourself as being part of the problem? Is it time to do a self-evaluation as opposed to constantly blaming everyone else? And that's more or less what you said, and I thought that was a great question, and he didn't answer it. No, he. I, I, I'll give him a little credit. He said, look, the record's not good enough, clearly. I mean, they're, they're 30 and 63, and we all know it's not good enough. But he, he did mention self-reflection in there. Um, you know, he, and the buck later on, it wasn't for that same question, but he talked about the buck stopping here. I mean, he took some accountability. He did. He did. I would have liked to have heard more about, you know what? I have been too hands on at times. That's gotten me in trouble. I'm going to, uh, as we move forward as an organization, as I learn more about being an owner, I'm going to really try not to do that as much. And, I mean, I I think there are people around David Tepper who are a little concerned that his history could catch up with him on this search and that it might cost them a chance to talk to this candidate or that. You would certainly think the more, um, the more proven and veteran coaches, especially a, a Jim Harbaugh, a Bill Belichick. But... Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's – here's the thing. Like, there are other hands-on owners in this league. Uh, Frank Reich had the misfortune of working for two of them in a row, and two <laughs> years in a row, Frank Reich got fired midseason. Um, Jerry Jones is the most hands-on. The difference is Jerry Jones came to the league with a football background that David Tepper does not have, and I think that's – kind of gets to root of some of the issues. Joe Person of The Athletic, I really do appreciate you joining me tonight. Oh, I do have one quick question before I let you go. Uh, in terms of, I want to get your reaction when he was talking about how he basically has the patience of Job and how he's extremely patient in all of his other walks of life as opposed to maybe with the Carolina Panthers. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah. Did I lose you? Yeah, you got me there. I said I, said I was wondering what your reaction was when oh, David Tepper basically said that he it. has the patience of Job in every other aspect of his life, but not necessarily with the Panthers. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he also said, you know, people don't leave him on, you know, on on the financial side of it for twenty or thirty years. I mean, and there are a bunch of people who see. I equate the business side of the Panthers organization as being his other walk of life. I mean, I I think there are similarities, and we have seen a lot of people come in and out of that door. Uh, you know, like I say, whether it is CEOs, um, CFOs, a- any number of, of high-ranking executives on the Tepper sports and entertainment side, on the MLS side. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for the, the, the hedge fund stuff. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, but I, but I know it's not true. Uh, uh, and, and, fair to say it for for his for his the business side of the of the Panthers building. Well, Joe Person was going to have a nice offseason for the first time in a while and now he's going to have <laughs> to do his what third head coaching search in uh stories and follows and scoops and everything. Uh third time in the last 5 years uh between finding a replacement for Vera and then finding the replacement for Rule and now you're going to have to find the replacement for Frank Reich. So you're going to have a very busy offseason again. I know. Thanks for reminding me. I <laughs> thought um, I thought last year going through this, I'd be like, okay, I, I just bought myself at least a year of kind of easing into a little senior bowl or easing into the combine. But that's not the case, my friend, but that's all right. It'll be fun. News is fun. People read news. People tune, on, t- tune into your show for for breaking so we'll keep on keeping on buddy hey joe always a pleasure and i know you've had an extremely long day so it means a lot to me that you came on with me tonight i really do appreciate it you got it buddy have a great week you too thanks bud all right so that is joe person of the athletic go to theathletic.com and it's um they've always got all kinds of specials and deals and everything like i said i picked mine up for like a dollar a year ago i think it was a dollar a month and it'll ask you what your favorite teams are because they've got sports writers that cover every single team and all that stuff. So, I mean, just go there and you'll be you'll be pleased that you did because a lot of the great newspaper writers and other writers from across the country have ended up at The Athletic. All right, when we come back, let's start getting into some of the David Tepper stuff. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Breaking with Brett Jensen is the name of the show going up until 8 o'clock. Just had Joe Person of The Athletic join us. He's the longtime, the longest tenured beat writer here in Charlotte covering the Carolina Panthers. Looked for a long time for the Charlotte Observer, and then now he's been at The Athletic for a few years now. All right. Now, David Tepper's press conference. It was, like I think, exactly 14 minutes long or something like that or right around there. So we're going to break this into two sections because you guys know I like to play the entire thing. I don't want you to hear 30-second sound bites. I want you to hear the questions and then the answers in their entirety. And then we'll get into some of the other stuff as well. But right now, here's the first part of David Tepper's press conference. Just a couple opening remarks. Um, listen, obviously, it's been a difficult season. Uh, yesterday, we made some tough decisions. Um, I have great respect for Frank Reich. He's a fine man. Also, Coach Tabor moved on from Josh and Deuce yesterday, who are also very good men. 
Uh, Taylor will be up to answer questions on them later. With that, I'll just open it for questions. If y'all hang on, I will, I will select everybody uh, for questions. So if you want to raise your hand, take the first question from Dave. You admitted you made some mistakes with the hiring of Matt Rule. What were the mistakes in the hiring of Frank Wright? Um, no, look, every coach that we've had here has been um, has had contributions to this organization. Um, Frank has contributions to the organization. Matt had contributions to the organizations. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, if I had my druthers, I'd like to have a coach here for 20 years or 30 years, you know, if I can do that. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the individual sort of things. Um, you guys can just speculate as to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we just moved on yesterday, and that's that. Okay, first we'll have uh, Joe Person followed by Steve Reed. Dave, you guys are 30 and 63 since you became owner. I think it's the second worst mark in the NFL, one of the worst marks in pro sports. You're about to hire your fourth head coach. Do you need to reevaluate the way you do things in terms of, A, maybe using a, a search firm in this hiring process, but also in how you manage day-to-day -day operations here? Um, look, things are constantly evolving. Um, and they'll continue to evolve. And, you know, trying to make things better is what you always try to do. Um, obviously, that record's not good enough. Um, you know, there's no hiding it. It is what it is, like everything in this sport. Everything's left on the field. Everybody knows what it is every week. Um, that record's that record. And, like I said, it's not good enough. We're going to self-reflect and make it better. Dave, um, Dave, you fired three coaches during the season, um, you know, in the, in the since the time you took over. Do you feel like that is going to make it more difficult to get a quality head coach here uh, if you hire one, choose to hire one, someone uh, next year? No. And why? I think that, I don't know, and again, I'm not going to get into it here, but I think that, um, you know, it's, there are different reasons why different things happened in each, each case. Um, you guys see, like I said, everything is out in the field. Everything is known over time. And I think people know it, the league knows it, and people in the league know it. So I think that um, if we were, if we, everything was perfect, it wouldn't be the case. And everything was good, it wouldn't be the case. So it's not as if it's not known out there, reasons, and you know, that will be something for people to decide. Just generally speaking, and not here, but and not that this matters because this is here. But you know, in other aspects of my life, we have people for 20, 30 years that work for me. Nobody ever leaves me. Uh, we'll go uh, Phil Orbit and Josh Klein. Uh, when Matt was hired, you you preached patience and it was kind of a year over year evaluation. Um, Frank gets fired 11 weeks in. To what extent was that due to a maybe a philosophical shift in how you view timelines for a rebuild or turnaround? Um, look, you know, as I said, there are reasons for each individual situation. I think you guys, upon re your own reflection into looking what happened through the season, can uh, you know can understand that you're around town for the, those that are around town and can know the reasons. Um, again, I'm not going to get into that. Particularly, 
into those particulars, but I, have pa I do have patience. I'm just not, <laughs> my reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. You know, there's no reason why that doesn't, you know, come here too. It does. Now, that patience comes with good performance and things that you want to see progress be made on, on different aspects. Um, and as, you know, as I said, you know, I would like to have somebody here for 20, 30 years. I'd like to have somebody <laughs> that would say eulogy at my funeral in 30 years. Okay, maybe it's 40 years, I hope. But uh, that's what I'd like to have. Next we'll have uh, Mike Kay and Eric Spamberg. Yeah, you preached, uh, oh. you talked about, you talked about your patience. It's a lot of preaching that I'm doing. Right? <laughs> so. uh, you, you talked about your patience. Uh, when you moved on from Ron Rivera, you urged the fan base to have patience in terms of bringing in sustained excellence, sustained success. What would your message to fans be now, uh, four years later, that maybe feel like their patience hasn't been rewarded or, or it's not moving in the right direction right now? You know, um, every week, you know, I watch these games. And I've watched, you know, been around football for a long time. And listen, once upon a time, I was just a fan. Poor kid in Pittsburgh. That's what I was. So I know what it is to be a fan. And every day, every week we come in, it's part of us are fans. Okay, Nicole and I sit in that box and we live and die with every play. Uh, so I understand how the fans and I understand their frustration and I appreciate that. Um, I can just say this, we will make it better. I'm not promising that's going to happen tomorrow, but it may, okay? Football is a really interesting thing, what can happen in two or three year time span. And what you're trying to do is have every single building block you can for, you know, an organization. And in this organization, you know, while you don't see it, you know, because you see all you see is on the field, but you guys may know it or may not know it. But behind the scenes, there's been a lot of different changes in the building and a lot of things that have come, become a lot better inside the building, you know, and just, just how different people communicate, you know, health, you know, um, strength room and, you know, and uh, medical people, you know, um, football operations, nutrition, all those things, all those building blocks underneath the surface have gotten better than when I stepped in the door. Listen, they're, they're, they may be easier things to do, okay? And so we have to make sure that every, the other things that the fans can't see is better too. And also I would say that for, you know, uh, engagement with path, past Panthers. And, that, you know, we should invite you to talk to people who, you know, legends that were here at the Panthers. So we have not gotten what, what the fans see every day, right? I understand their frustration. We share that frustration every Sunday with them. So that's David Tepper, the first half. Now I want you to hear the second half of the press conference when we come back, including my question at the very end, which wasn't even supposed to be asked, that he actually called on me, and I got the very last question of the press conference, and one that he maybe gave the best answer to all day. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Got exactly 20 minutes to go. All right, so now here's the second part of the David Tepper press conference. And it was only supposed to go about another three minutes. And then you heard me get in that last question. 
And what happens is they immediately say, all right, no more questions, no more questions. And a lot of the media people are upset. And I happen to be standing near the person saying no more or sitting near the person saying no more questions, like within 10 feet of them. And David Tepper was looking confused. He didn't know. He was like, what, what is going on? And he's looking over there. He sees me with my hand raised. And he goes, yeah, go ahead. And the Panthers go, no more questions, no more questions. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. David Tepper just called on me. They said, okay, you're the last question. And that's how that press conference ended. David, in, in April, you said when you guys drafted Bryce, you said that he was a point guard style distributor who could elevate the talent around him. My question to you is, do you feel like you've put enough around him for him to elevate? And with that said, how will that evaluation of the roster in the next six weeks factor into how you evaluate the front office? Look, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into, you know, what the success on the field is every week. One is roster, some is scheme, how you practice, a lot of things. And obviously, we can be better in all phases of that because the product on the field is just not good enough right now. It just isn't. And so we have to try to make every one of those phases better. And whatever it takes to make it better, we're going to try to do. Dave, you've obviously had a lot of changes, not just on the football side, but on the administrative side, also with Charlotte FC. Uh, and you just mentioned a few minutes ago that you're patient. So why do you think there is so much constant churn in this organization? And what can you do to stabilize it? Um, it's, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, when you talk about that churn and then the, what the results are, you know, for that churn, you, you, what you call churn. Um, you know, every case is something is done here. There's not, it's not just done because it's done by idle wish. There's a reason and there's a purpose and there's a result and the things goes on. When you talk about the, you know, different parts of this, um, this franchise or this building, if you, that you're referring to the business, you're a business guy. Um, you know, when we came here, there were 10 events a year in this stadium, basically, plus one or two more, maybe. Um, we do, I think we did 42 events last year um, in this field, not counting high school football that we brought back for the first time in this stadium and other things like that, other type charity things. So they're not even counting those sort of things, but major type events. Um, brought soccer to Charlotte. The, the stands are full. Um, if you were at that last game with Miami, I mean, it was a joyful sort of experience when Messi came to town and, and I think the fans were elated in that sort of, you know, in that point. And there have been highs, you know, and there's been highs and lows everywhere. Every game is a, there's some highs, there's some lows. Gano's big kick, um, you know, when Eric Reed was here for the first game. So there's highs in footballs and, and other places. But when you look at, you know, in, you're, since you're asking a business question, I'll answer a business question. When you look at us and how we have and how we do business and now are we successful in pulling off all these different events we put here? Yeah, we are. And what we've done is really uh, led to higher economic impact for Charlotte. And we look at the future for things like that as things that we might do in the future, whether they're an entertainment venue that may do 80 more sort of small concerts, three to 5,000 people that will bring t people down there, we'll bring that here. And we think we brought a lot of econo uh, economic development into the town, and we have. The numbers show it, I mean, you know the numbers. Um, so I don't think that when you look at the management team and you look at the stability of the management team now, we finally, I think we, and, and, and listen, you're always trying to make it better. But I think we have a pretty good management team on the business side right now. And we are pulling off pretty seamlessly all these events. Thank you very much, Dave.
Yeah. All right. Thank you. This is the last question. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it, Mr. Tupper. Uh, in terms of Bryce Young, I want to jump back on what Mike said earlier about Bryce. There's been a lot of reports over the last few days, in fact, that that Frank wanted C.J. Stroud. You tipped the scales and said you wanted Bryce Young. Is that true? And then also seeing what C.J. Stroud is doing in Houston, did that make it the comparisons even that much greater because of what you're seeing in Houston as opposed to here? Um, just the way our processes go here, and I'll just answer this really plain. On all, these, on all those decisions, um, you know, whether it was a head coach, whether it was Bryce, I don't really vote on those decisions until the last piece, okay? So those decisions are made by, you know, in the case of the, by the football people. Now, look, everything that's right and everything that's wrong here ultimately is my fault, okay? I have the final say. But as far as those decisions, whether it's Frank Wright or it's Bryce Young, um, those decisions were made. And in the case of Bryce, it was almost, I believe it was a unanimous decision on the coaches and the, and the scouts, and very strong opinions at the time. Um, now, it's been reported, and we talked about it. Originally, we were going to go to the number two pick, and, and uh, we thought we would get CJ, because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was our number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. Um, but, uh, you know, to, in, in answer to your questions, it's just not the way the process was done. The process was done the way the process was done. And again, even though if there was a process with five people in the room and, four, and the way the votes came in, it was Frank was the first choice, I always could veto that choice. And even if it was Bryce and the votes came in unanimously in this particular case, I could have vetoed that choice. In both cases, I supported both choices, okay? I'm just going to say that I supported both choices. I supported the coaches. I supported the scouts, their unanimous opinion. Um, and I supported uh, Frank Wright. So um, whatever's good, bad, or indifferent is ultimately because the buck stops here, and I take full responsibility for everything. But that's the way the process runs. And just one last thing, and then we'll, we're going to go here. As far as Bryce Young is concerned, I cannot say this you know, for myself, and I think everybody in this building would share this sentiment, we are totally confident in that pick. Okay, I think the people that made that pick first, um, you know, would be totally confident in that. Um, you know, some of them you could ask. Okay. Um, and I think the, um, and, and for me, I'm totally confident in agreeing with that pick. So that is David Tepper at the end, you know, just, that was it. I think it lasted right at 14 minutes, his press conference today. And he was ready to go. He would have gone another 10 to 15 minutes, and that just wasn't going to happen because the Panthers brass were going to make sure he did not continue talking to the media. They're just going to make sure of it. Come hell or high water, they were ending that press conference today. And I'm glad I got that question in about C.J. Stroud because no one had been asking that question. That had been all over the national media all week talking about how there was a disconnect because Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud and not necessarily Bryce Young because Bryce Young was too small, even though Bryce Young may have been a better passer or more accurate or could you know process things quicker. It was just a whole thing. So I'm glad I was able to get that last question in. 
And they played the, they played that on Rich Eisen today. They played it on a couple of other national talk shows, that question that I got in today. So glad I was able to get it in. All right, when we come back, if you guys want to give us a shout, give do so, 704-57-1110, because we'll have a few more minutes when we come back. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Chills in the air, Charlotte. That's right. It's like 40 degrees right now. It's getting down in the 20s tonight. And it's time for the 30th annual Hancock Bikes for Kids. Please join the spirit of giving started by John Hancock and donate a new bike for a child in need this Christmas. We'll gather on Friday, December 8th. Not this Friday, next week, Friday. Here at WBT and all the WBT personalities will be on hand to say hello, including my dog Maggie, like last year. Hancock's Bike for Kids, presented in partnership with WBTV. That's Friday, December 8th, 5 to 9 p.m., sponsored by the Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Visit WBT.com for all the details. All right, we bring in Jack. Thanks for calling, Jack. I appreciate it. Jack? I don't hear you, Jack. All right, Jack's calling. Uh, yeah, no, Jack. Didn't hear you, bud. Sorry. Anyways, if you want to try and call back, try and call back. We got uh, two and a half minutes, three minutes. All right, so you've heard the press conference. You heard Joe Person and I talk about it in advance. And, you know, I know people or some people, you know, like, you know, bad think others were talking about the, well, Steve Wilkes didn't know, no, and no. It should not have been Steve Wilkes. Had nothing to do with the fact that he was from West Charlotte and went to Johnson C. Smith and Appalachian State and, and everything else. That had nothing to do with it. This fact that you need an offensive coach, period. And when Brandon Staley gets fired with the Chargers because they've got a super stud quarterback, Justin Herbert, they're going to hire an offensive coach. They're going to hire an offensive coach if, if the Sean McDermott gets fired up in Buffalo because of Josh Allen. They're going to hire an offensive head coach. And they're going to try and hire an offensive head coach here because of the young thing with Bryce Young. Like, that's what they're going to do, period. And people need to understand that. All right, let's go back to Jack. Thanks for calling, Jack. I appreciate it. Because of Josh Allen. Hey, how you doing? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was calling to see, um, who do you think they are going to get for the next coach? Well, I mean, there are there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of you know people. The Philadelphia offensive coordinator, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. There's a lot of rumors that Jim Harbaugh. Most people think Jim Harbaugh will come here, or, or I mean, come to the NFL. So that's three right off the bat. And then the one that I people are talking about. I'm just dumbfounded by this. People are even talking about Bill Belichick. But if you're Bill Belichick, why would you come here? You're 70-something years old. You're trying to pass down Shula. But some people think that he might want to come here. I don't see that. I don't know why you would hire him. But considering his age and everything and how bad the Patriots have been since Tom Brady left. so But yeah. those are just three off the top of my head, not even talking about Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think they need a young guy to come in. I agree. Instead of someone old and everything. I agree. I agree totally. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Let's go back. And we got Jim. Uh, we got about 90 seconds, Jim. Um, hey, um, I know a lot of people think that we shouldn't judge Bryce Young by how he's doing right now. And, but I really think we should have picked CJ Stroud because of the wide receiver Tate Dell that we could have got with him. Because when CJ Stroud was picked to the Texans, 
he told all the coaches and everybody to pay them because of how he liked throwing to him at the combine. So I think we would have been a much better team if we got would have got CJ Stroud and Tank Dell on our team. Well, I agree with you, and thanks. I appreciate the phone call, bud. Thanks a lot. So here's the thing: yes, this team would be a lot better, even with Tank Dell. Just Tank Dell, this team would be a lot better. But the problem is, you still don't have an offensive line with the Carolina Panthers. It's one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. It's bad. It doesn't matter if it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. They don't have time to throw the ball. They're taking two steps, two steps back, and then they're already running for their lives. So that's the problem. But, yeah, Tank Dell, he's turning out to be a stud. Absolutely. So I appreciate the phone call, bud. Thanks for listening. All right. Tomorrow night, I do not have a show tomorrow night, Carolina basketball, but I will be back on Thursday and Friday. So make sure you guys join me then. Look forward to it. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.